This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The angry mobs who broke into the U.S. Capitol earlier this month as part of a violent insurrection have changed the conversation about global power and politics. I'm Gabe Friedman, and this week on Down to Business, I spoke with Laura McDonald, professor of political science at Carleton University, about what U.S. instability means for Canada and for North America as a region. The inauguration of Joe Biden as the next president of the United States only turns the page so much, McDonald told me. She explained that Biden inherits a country with pre-existing conditions, including political dysfunction and partisan gridlock that are going to make multilateral cooperation difficult. As always, the interview was edited for clarity and brevity. Hey, Laura, thanks so much for joining me on Down to Business. Thanks, Gabe. It's great to be here. I want to start with the violence that everyone witnessed in the U.S. Capitol just about a week ago. As someone who has studied North America as a region, what was your take on what happened and what are some of the long-term implications? Well, I think almost every Canadian was watching the situation unfold south of the border with horror and certain level of shock. I suppose we shouldn't be too surprised because we knew these tendencies existed in American society, but the fact that the security uh, system seemed to break down at a crucial moment prior to the inauguration of Joe Biden this week is unbelievable, really. Yeah. And so I think it gives us, you know, in Canada, a lot of reasons to think about where we're going with our American partner, how much will things improve under Biden, and what potential is there for continued mayhem and chaos south of the border. Yeah. With regards to President-elect Biden, do you see the U.S. turning the page in a significant way? Well, I think we can't expect a dramatic and sudden improvement. And in fact, there, there's real potential that I'm really worried about for ongoing terrorist acts that could be continue, given that Trump supporters appear to feel unabashed in many ways about what happened, you know, that Republicans in Congress and in the House of Representatives continue to support opposition to the transfer of power to Biden. Mm -hmm. You know, there is real support in the House and at lower levels of the political system in the United States for the Trump agenda. I mean, hopefully, best case scenario, Trump decides to retreat and go to Florida and stay out of politics. But still, he has created this political force in the United States, which will be difficult to contain. And I think thinking more broadly, we have to think about the causes behind this phenomenon, not just Trump as an individual, but some of the economic and social fallout of the types of economic and political policies that have been adopted in North America and elsewhere in the world over the last several decades. Yeah. Well, so if the U.S., is entering what appears to be a prolonged period of political instability. What are what does that mean for Canada? I, I tend to be an optimistic person, and I think that you know Biden is the right person probably to be able to address these issues 
ideally he will move on beyond sort of this rhetoric about unity to adopt more progressive economic policies that will redistribute income to a certain extent. You know, we've seen an aggravation of tendencies towards polarization of income and wealth. So I think he needs to begin addressing those tendencies. And hopefully that will be good for politics in Canada and Mexico as well, that having a partner, uh, the most powerful partner in this North American region, if, if it's really willing to address seriously those profound problems with inequality and wealth concentration, that would be good for all of us. For Canada, for example, there's uh, traditionally significant pressure on Canadian administrations to lower corporate tax rates and tax rates in general. If there's an administration in the United States pushing lower tax rates, then that puts pressure on the Canadian government to do the same thing so that we don't lose investment. So, you know, and there will also be challenges coming for Canada, coming from uh, the new Biden administration. We will see a continuation of protectionist policies. Biden is committed to buy American policies. Optimistically, I think this will not be terribly dangerous for Canada. What was really dangerous for both Canada and Mexico was Trump's tendency to just unilaterally and erratically slap tariffs on his neighbors, specifically around aluminum and steel tariffs without any real rhyme or reason or legitimate complaints. So, you know, hopefully we will move away from that kind of unpredictable trading relationship. And I would just add that hopefully under Biden, I think we will see definitely a shift back from the racist, xenophobic policies on immigration that drove the Trump presidency. And so right away, Biden will start adopting executive orders to roll back many of those policies. And that's certainly good for Mexico, but also it will take some pressure off the Canada-U.S. border because we did see an increase in the numbers of people coming to claim asylum in Canada who were terrified of what fate they might face in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like there is a sort of whiplash, a sort of whiplash in Canada to whatever policies the United States adopts. Do you expect that the partisan gridlock and the political dysfunction that is causing upheaval in the United States is eventually going to really spill over into Canada more? I think the Biden presidency is good news for the liberals. They're very much in step with that school of thought. And we, so far, even though there have been political voices in Canada supporting Trump-style, ultra-conservative, nationalist, racist policies, there certainly exist. They haven't had a lot of take-up. I think this whole the latest period in Washington will promote real challenges for the Conservative Party to have to try to reinvent itself and find some kind of a coherent and acceptable ideology that is able to excel and find a way to bind together the Conservative Party. So far in Canada, we have not seen right-wing contenders for leadership of the Conservative Party. Like That is, also right-wing racist forces have not succeeded. And there was, so there seems to be a certain level of, of resistance, part, just partly because Canadian parties have been forced to incorporate and appeal to non-white uh, populations uh, because of the 
highest degree of multiculturalism and multi-ethnicity that already exists in Canadian society. So I'm hopeful that we will be resistant to that. Yeah. I mean, part of what is unsettling about the picture within Canada or within the U.S., if we can agree on issues like immigration or energy and the environment, there's no real consensus on these issues, then it's difficult for North America as a region to sort of move forward and develop cohesive policies. What's this outlook for the region of North America? Well, I think Biden will have to be careful in how he approaches the region because Trump and other uh, right-wing leaders have been successful in branding NAFTA or elitist threat to to American values and and, uh, well-being. So I don't think it's easy for an American leader to move forward with cooperation in North America. It's very difficult to do that politically. Mm -hmm. I think there will be a return to holding North American summits. So just an annual summit and discussion of some of the shared issues, I think there should be a higher level of cooperation around COVID Mm -hmm. because we're a neighborhood and someday the border controls have to come down. For sure. I think the U.S. has something like 4% of the world's population, but over a quarter of the world's COVID cases and Canada's not doing that much better. There was something about the pandemic that has really laid bare some of the weaknesses in the governance of um, North America. And I wanted to ask you if you think that our inability to respond to this pandemic, for our governments to protect us from this pandemic and keep everyone healthy and safe and keep the economy running in some ways has diminished our status around the world as a place that people want to come and want to emigrate to. Well, actually, I think Canada has done a lot better than the U.S. on COVID. And and also, I think the Trump administration policies have devalued the United States as a place people want to go. But I don't think that's true for Canada. And we've seen that in the increasing number of international students, for example, who want to come and study in our universities in Canada. So Canada has actually, in that respect, I think, somewhat benefited from the disaster happening south of the border. Hopefully, we can also build our own strength, but I don't see that that concern spilling over to the Canadian side of the border. So I don't think that's a regional issue, but, you know, in the past, there were discussions in uh, North America around dealing with pandemic diseases, and I think that that was something that was just lost. And I think that's really something we have to come back to as a region. Uh, viruses don't affect borders. So we need to work together to develop rational policies around public health issues, drugs, uh, supply of personal protective gear, you know, because, you know, people understand that now it's not going to end immediately just because we have a vaccine that can drag out for quite a while. And there is a risk that there we will face other pandemic diseases in the future if we haven't learned from this uh, horrific experience how to how to uh, detect them earlier and how to respond more quickly and effectively to their spread. Right. Yeah, there is a feeling that I hear it more and more that this won't be the last. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hope that we can take some lessons from it. But Laura, I really appreciate you coming on the show to share your thoughts about U.S.-Canada relations and just want to say thank you. 
great. It was wonderful to talk to you, Dave. Take care. That was Laura McDonald, professor of political science at Carleton University. Thank you for listening to Down to Business, and thank you to Bryce Hall for music and production, Yudula Hussein for editing, and Pamela Heaven and Victoria Wells for web support. Please consider sharing this episode with a friend and rating Down to Business on your podcast app. I'm Gabe Friedman, and until next week, you can find all your business news at financialpost.com.